Hi, and welcome back to the podcast. My name is Trisha Friedman. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. On today, we have an expert guest who is going to talk to us all about the power of podcasting. If you have your own podcast, if you are tinkering with the idea of starting one, or if you're curious about what students and scholars might do with the platform of podcasting, hang in there. Today's episode is bound to delight. Before we turn things over to our guest, I want to remind you that we're just a few days away from the free Mind the Gap event. This event is going to be full of learning, so enjoy this quick word about the upcoming Mind the Gap event that is on July 30th and 31st. Mind the Gap is a free online conference on LGBTQIA research. Over two days, postgraduate researchers and community organizers from around the world present on the work that they do in a variety of disciplines, from looking at LGBTQIA education, to media representation, to innovative and creative ways of community building. Participation as an audience member is completely free and open to people outside of academia as well. For more information, contact the organizers on at MTG Conference on Twitter and Instagram. See our show notes for more. And while you are over there in the show notes learning all about the Mind the Gap pre-event, you'll also have loads of links to explore as you are about to learn more about Ariel Niesenblatt, who is in my mind one of the best folks online to follow if you are hoping to learn more about the power of podcasting. I really enjoyed today's conversation. So again, I know that listeners, you will be hungry to learn more. Links all about Ariel can be found in our show notes. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I feel like it's such an honor to have like this podcasting legend here. Um, and it's it's a little bit nerve wracking, listeners. I'll be honest, like, you know, being a podcaster, talking to you, I feel like I guess it's the equivalent of, I don't know, like that moment of a non-baseball player going out to like throw the opening pitch kind of a thing. But uh, thank you so much for your time. No pressure at all. I am a chill <laughs> podcast person. <laughs> I, I should have had slightly less coffee this morning. <laughs> Um, so, Ariel, you're the founder of the Earbuds Podcast Collective that you started, I believe, in 2017. You co-host the Sounds Profitable podcast. You, again, have been a, a part of the podcasting world for years now. I would love to just kick things off by asking you to talk about how it is that you found yourself in the great wide world of podcasting, maybe where the interest came from, uh, your your superhero origin story, I guess, if you will. I started loving podcasts by listening to podcasts first. Huge listener first. Never thought I would work in the podcast space. Never thought I would have a podcast myself. I started listening really in 2014. I had a job that had me driving a lot and I would just put on a podcast and be entertained for hours and be able to drive for five hours without stopping. And that was pretty amazing because in the past, my threshold for boredom was very low. And now uh, I could just go on and on and on. Not, not My threshold for being in the car, for being bored in the car was very low. And now I didn't even have to bother with that threshold because I just never got bored in the car. Um, there was just endless stories to listen to. And then I moved to LA uh, after that fellowship. That, that fellowship was in Mississippi, two years at a nonprofit in Mississippi. 
and then moved to LA and continued to be in the car all the time because of traffic. And I continued to listen to podcasts and this time around was amazed that I was not bothered by traffic. I was just doing okay because there were constantly podcasts to listen to. Um, but what really shifted and made me want to work in the podcast space was that I felt like I was in the epicenter of where podcasts were being made, you know, just like a lot of podcasts were the credits, uh, this is made in Los Angeles, or these people are based in LA or the story is about LA. And I was like, wait a second, if all this is happening right here, maybe I could plug into it somehow. And also I was kind of running out of stories to listen to, which was weird because I knew that there were millions of podcast episodes to listen to at that point, but why was I running out of like credible, awesome things to check out? It was because I was kind of in my own bubble. So how do I expand that bubble? That's how I started this newsletter that you mentioned. And, um, um, I, I tend to go on for a long time because the origin story is long. So please feel free to interrupt me. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I love that, you know, you were just an avid podcast listener yourself. And um, years and years ago, when my wife and I lived in Switzerland, we both had really long commutes, which if you are going to have a long commute, Switzerland is a good country to have it in. Were you driving? Just on train. Oh, so that's nice. It was it was great. And I just I have such fond memories of being able to make it through so many podcasts every day. So yeah, I love your your point about like, you know, podcasts making traffic a non issue since yeah, 2000 non-issue. and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, you know, I, and I, I want to point out that you, what you're doing with podcasts though, is, is not just thinking about the entertainment value that they have, which of course is like incalculable and, and wonderful. Um, but you know, I guess it was a few weeks ago now that you put out a call to anybody that had a podcast with any size, any listener base who wanted to join and really use their platform to include a message about what was going on, both you know, for, for international audiences and domestic audiences in the US to address the decision to overturn Roe versus Wade. I'm wondering actually if you might just walk listeners through how that happened, your, your organization, and, and why podcasters really with any audience size need to think about the influence that they may have. Yeah. I knew that the decision was coming everybody you know we heard that leak a few months ago um about the supreme court and the impending decision to overturn robus's wade um but still when i got the notification on my phone i was like taken aback i was felt like a shot in the chest um and at first i was going to do nothing at first i was going to be like who am i you know i'm just like a uh, i'm not particularly involved in politics i'm not you know, I'm, I consider myself political. I think anybody who considers themselves apolitical is bullshitting themselves. Um, but you know, I am sometimes going to the rallies. I'm sometimes protesting. I'm sometimes donating and make and raising money and things like that, but I'm not, you know, on top of every single legislative decision. I'm not, you know, I'm not reading the newspaper and knowing all the details of every single decision that's being made. I'm, I'm pretty plugged in, but I'm not that plugged in. And so I thought, who am I, you know, what am I, how am I really going to make a change here? And then I thought, you know what, I'm in touch with thousands of podcasters every single day by way of Twitter um, and podcasters. And even if I'm in touch with a thousand podcasters who have 10 listeners each, that's a lot of listeners, right? And so if those people can put a message out to their listeners to at least provide resources or to educate them about the fact that this overturn happened, that could be helpful. So my thought was, how could podcasters uniquely respond to this decision? And 
I didn't even really think it over. I just tweeted. It was the morning I was in LA at the time, um, attending VidCon, which was interesting. Um, and I just tweeted very, did not think this would blow up. I just said like, if anybody wants to organize a pre-roll ad campaign for, um, in support of abortion rights, let me know, <laughs> let's see what happens. And, uh, a lot of people were into it. A lot of retweets from names that I am amazed that decided to participate. Um, people reached out to me that I hadn't heard from since high school because they heard the pre-roll campaign on my favorite murder, which was huge. And they said my name. Um, so yeah, it really blew up. And over the next two days, I knew we needed to move fast. I worked with a lot of the people who volunteered to work on a statement. Um, so we, we came up with language for a pre-roll, uh, that was 30 seconds, a pre-roll that was 60 seconds and a post-roll that was 90 seconds. And all of those had information resources and here's how you can help language. And then we also got it translated into Spanish and French. And the point was, I knew it needed to move fast because sadly in this day and age, people lose interest. And I wanted to get those pre-rolls onto podcasts as soon as possible. And so the decision was made. Uh, this is the decision came out Friday morning. We had the working statement ready to go Saturday afternoon. I started hearing it on podcast Sunday, which was amazingly quick. And that's where we are today. And people continue to, to let me know that they're participating. Um, because my friend Marcus put together a website called podvoices.help. He is amazing. You know, the best part of this was that I couldn't do it all on my own. Obviously. Um, I set up the infrastructure and I continue to be the person that people that if they're that if people are mad, they tell me <laughs> I continue to be the person that if people are happy, they tell me. Um, but, you know, a lot of people reached out and said, can I help? And I was like, yep, please do. I cannot do it on my own. <laughs> so Marcus said, I'm building you a website. And I said, thank you. And so he built podvoices.help. And he has a contact form on there called podvoices.help slash contact where people can input the website information for if they ran this ad on their podcast and we're grouping those together and um, we're just trying to see how many people run this podcast and the ballpark of how many people might have listened to these pre-roll ads is pretty high at this point. Uh, yeah, I, I bet. I mean, uh, listeners, I, I'll link both to that website and to your original tweet that went out that it, it did it, it kind of blew up very quickly. Uh, and I, I kind of just think that idea of who am I, if you are the person who, again, can do that organization, I think that's a perfect anecdote of, of don't necessarily underestimate the amount of influence that you had. It's a perfect example of, um, yeah, really thinking about the platform that we have in, in different ways. In a recent tweet that you'll also, I'll also link to, you talked about themes that you've seen coming out of the podcast industry. And I just want to pause and point out that I think you have your thumb on the pulse in such a unique way. You know, I, I love the work that you're doing to just constantly recommend different podcasts, but this is so geeky and nerdy, you know, that even in your email signature, you've got a little link to what you're listening to lately. Like, I just, um, I, I love that. So, it was interesting to see some of the responses of some of the themes and trends other podcast folk are, are thinking might come out um, next year. And I, I love thinking about how what's popular in the podcast industry, how that is in its way, just sort of, um, I guess maybe symptom is not the right word, but it's like a symptom of the times of which it was produced. Um, and it's an interesting just mirror to the moment we're in. 
do you think you might be able to point us to a few podcasts that um, are doing a good job of capturing the moment uh, yeah. that, that we're in right now? Yeah, absolutely. So just for some context, that tweet, um, I noticed I started, you know, keeping tabs on trends in podcasting during the pandemic, because right when the pandemic hit in March of 2020, it seemed like there were, you know, the regular podcasts that were responding, the news podcasts that were responding to the, everybody responded to the pandemic in some way, there needed to be an acknowledgement of the pandemic. So all the news podcasts were obviously covering uh, pandemic all the time, but then there were also podcasts that were coming out that were like, ground zero virus or, you know, other intense names that you were like, okay, relax. Like <laughs> don't, don't fear monger people. Uh, but of course they got clicks and they got downloads because people were so scared and needed to know what was going on. And then in response, there were pandemic distraction podcasts as well. So that was 2020. And then in 2021, it felt like the, how are we coping to this new normal of the pandemic? And then in 2022, weirdly, um, this is sort of unrelated from the pandemic, of course, I think we're still having a lot of like, how are we coping? This is the new normal podcast, but I've noticed a lot of, um, scam podcasts. Like there are so many podcasts this year that are like, um, scam fluencers, or there's one called puppy kingpin where it's like this guy who, you know, it's puppy mills and just people there. One of my favorite podcasts that's been popular for years, but continues to get more grain, more popularity is called scam goddess. There are scams are huge right now think of a scam, you could probably make a very popular podcast about it. Um, so 2023, I said, I said, what do you predict for 2023? And a lot of people said disaster podcasts or I don't know, climate change, you know, all related to, I think, especially the fact that right now there's a heat wave going on in Europe and in the U S. Um, and yeah, so just some fun predictions that are not fun. Some predictions that are being made, um, about where we are headed, I think is, definitely an interesting, uh, game to play. Um, some podcasts that are currently on the pulse. Um, one is called, there are no girls on the internet. Uh, it's, you know, it, I love it. I Yay! feel like I, Bridget, Bridget Todd probably hates that. I follow her on Twitter because like no, every time there's it. a new, <laughs> maybe, but yes, I like every single episode. I'm like, it's another one. That's the best episode she's, ever. <laughs> she's perfect. Every single episode is it hits the nail on the head when it comes to the person that she interviews, her analysis of the situation. But basically, Bridget is a misinformation and disinformation expert, and she responds to something that's going on in society with an incredible um, expert interview. So she talked about how when the the leak, the Roe versus Wade leak came out in March, she said, here's why abortion is an Internet issue. And I had no idea that that was a thing, but it is because you can get abortion pills by mail, but then there's privacy issues. I just, you know, she's just amazing. So she's really on the pulse. She is always reacting very fast. Um, a person who was always on the pulse, who just announced a new podcast coming out. Um, he was on hiatus for a while because it's Sam Sanders. It's been a minute with Sam Sanders from NPR, no longer with NPR. He's now with Vulture. He just announced this week that he's, uh, a new podcast is coming out with Vulture called into it. And it's going to be a culture slash pop culture podcast, but he is amazing. And I'm very excited for that podcast. And I know that he will be on it in terms of hitting the moment. Um, I'm just trying to pull up my listening. Um, I, of course, you know, listen to the, <clears throat> listen to the daily news podcasts and things like that. But, you know, those are always going to be on the moment when it comes to, um, you know, what's hot, <laughs> what's, uh, what's depressing in the news. Um, 
of course, there are a lot of podcasts out right now about Web3 and crypto, which like I I don't want to make this blanket statement, but I think you can avoid. <laughs> um, I think I think depends who you are, depends what you're into. Um, if you like to be on top of um, new money trends, those might be interesting for you. Um, but I, I'm avoiding them and I'll let you know how that goes for me. <laughs> um, I know that they're, that I know that they exist and as due diligence, I listen to the trailers. Um, but I have chosen to not fully immerse myself into them. What I do think is interesting right now in this day and age is salary transparency. A lot of people are talking about salary transparency and with that in mind, there are a lot of podcasts about being comfortable with money, being comfortable with financial decisions. Um, so somebody that I think is really on top of it is Tori Dunlap. She has a podcast called Financial Feminist. Um, she is she has the TikTok handle, her first 100K, and she really blew up on TikTok and then started a podcast about a year ago. And her pod, it's a really great example of can you move your TikTok audience over to a podcast? And the answer for her is very much yes. She has the number one business slash finance podcast. I think she regularly beats Dave Ramsey, which thank God. Um, and she's really great. So I recommend checking her out. Um, and then there's a lot of women and non-men who right now are trying to become um, known as the faces of financial expertise because- for years, it has been not really a, a women or non-men's game. And um, finally, these women are taking it back. So like Nicole Lappin of Money Rehab, there's another podcast called Money Confidential. Um, so I think those are really great and empowering if you can listen to them and learn something from them. So those are some podcasts that I think are really great. Um, of course, there's always going to be the podcasts that are, you know, uncovering an old secret one that I, so this is not really on the pulse of things, but I think it's great. It's called Project Unibomb. It's about the, the, the Unibomber, Ted Kaczynski, and it's really well done from Pineapple Street Studios. Um, so I think that's great. And another podcast that I'm watching right now, uh, that's trending on Pocket Cast, which is a podcast listening app that I've been using is called Who Shat on the Floor at My Wedding. And I think that that's just great that that's, that that is like going up in the charts. And it's a real investigation of a poop that was found at a wedding. I, you know, I am definitely going to put that into my podcast player. Yeah. I have an upcoming it's road well, trip. And that it is well perfect. done. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for the variety in what you just covered. Um, and again, folks, you can, you can follow along with Ariel's work to constantly great, get great podcast recommendations. Listeners of this show, a lot of educators, K-12, will have a specific interest in the notion of podcast as a tool for social justice, for advocacy work, for those who might be interested in starting their own show to, you know, really broadcast learning, raise awareness. Can you offer us a few pieces of advice for anybody who's just starting out? Yeah, I think before you start a podcast, think about an exit plan for that podcast because you maybe want to do it forever, but you maybe don't want to do it forever. And the exit plan doesn't have to be a, you know, once this starts, it has to stop. It has to just give yourself build in breaks, I think is what I'm saying. So is your podcast going to be a weekly show forever? If so, make sure that weekly show is planned out and you know months in advance and you've recorded months in advance. So you're not scrambling the week of. Um, and if it's going to be seasonal, break up your seasons into themes so that you can at least group your mind around those themes and find guests around those themes. Um, 
Another thing that you should think about early on is branding. Branding is a huge part of what makes or breaks a podcast. Does your podcast look good? Does your cover art look like what the podcast is going to sound like? Because where a lot of people get lost in the, am I going to listen to this podcast is, does the cover art match the tone of what I'm listening to? And then does the first 30 seconds, does the first 30 seconds of the intro reflect what the rest of the show is going to be about. Because if I'm drawn into something and then listen to it, subscribe to it because of what I'm drawn in by, but then the rest of it does not reflect that I'm going to go away and I'm not going to listen to that show. So think about the user listener experience. Think about yourself as a listener, what attracts you to something. And then the last piece of advice that I'll give, I could go on all day, but just to, for the purpose of not going on all day, um, I would listen to a lot of podcasts in your niche before you make a decision about what to podcast on so that number one, you can possibly collaborate with them. Number two, so that you can diverge from them so that you're not making the exact same podcast that they are. Um, and yeah, I think that's, that's really a big part of it is just making sure that you are doing something unique in the world and presenting your potential audience, your audience with something that they cannot get elsewhere. I love that. And I, you know, I, I really love you touching on the idea of the the cover art because I do see myself, you know, we have an abundant market of podcasts. So when I am browsing, oh yeah, um, you know, I think that, you know, like that cliche, even about if, even if you don't think you're doing it, you're judging a podcast by their cover and that's okay. And this is something that I learned from my friend, Albin, who works at Buzzsprout, which is a podcast list, uh, podcast hosting site. Um, you know, we're, we're always like, don't judge a book by its cover. It's bad, blah, blah, blah. And I understand that sentiment with people. You shouldn't judge people by their, by what they look like. But the reason that we should judge books by their cover is because that notion comes from when books were lined up by their spine and all the spines looked exactly the same. And you couldn't judge a book by their cover then because they looked exactly the same. But now the artwork is beautiful and it is often an indicator of what the what it's about or the the effort that was put into the show or the book or anything like that. So you should judge things by their covers now. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think especially again for, for educators who are thinking of starting one or having a class podcast, it's an interesting like creative and intellectual exercise to be thinking, how can we convey what this podcast is going to be about through a visual medium? Because I think as you were saying, it really does invite you to ask, how are we going to be unique? Um, you know, what is our messaging? What are maybe some of the values of the show? Uh, you know, what, what do we want to be about rather than just like, let's start a podcast for the sake of starting a exactly. podcast. Um, lastly, Ariel, you also run the, the free newsletter. Can you just touch on who that newsletter is for um, and give us maybe your elevator pitch about why folks may want to subscribe? Yeah, I run many newsletters. I love newsletters and I'll just quickly say why. Um, when you have a podcast, people subscribe to it on Apple or on Pocket Cast or on CastBox or on Stitcher or on Spotify, you don't know who those people are. You know to the point that they tell you. So maybe they say, I love your podcast on Twitter or in the reviews or email you, whatever. But if somebody hits subscribe, you don't automatically get their email address. Whereas if you have an, an email list, you know who those people are and they have opted in to receive correspondence from you. So I'm a big fan of grabbing email addresses. So I run earbuds, which is the podcast recommendation newsletter that you mentioned. I also run several weekly newsletters for Squadcast, which is the company that I work for. Um, and then I also run two other newsletters that are actually counter to the advice that I give, not regular at all. One of them is called podcast plunge. 
Um, and that is a deep dive on a topic and then places that I've found that podcast, that topic in different podcasts and around the internet. I haven't put that out in a really long time, but the idea is really nice, isn't it? Yes, and then yes. uh, the other one is called This and That with Ariel Nissenblatt. And that's really just um, kind of testing out this relatively new service that Twitter has. Um, they bought a service called Review, which is an email marketing platform, and they've integrated it so that on your Twitter profile, you can have a subscribe button and it looks really nice and integrated. So I wanted to test that out. And so um, what I'm going to do with that newsletter is every once in a while put out, you know, helpful podcasting tips or podcast recommendations or what are my favorite podcasts up to things like that. Um, that again is not going to be regular, but that's going to be helpful for you if you just love podcasts and want to learn how to make them or want to learn how to find more. Great. Thank you so much. I mean, all great advice. And, you know, it's, it's interesting to me in the world of education. Sometimes I've had students who not necessarily super interested in writing, but the notion of podcasting really draws them in. And I, I do think in many ways, it's such a I think it's going to continue to grow both as an art form, as an educational form, certainly as a, a news media form. So you've kind of just given us so many different things to dig into, to pass on to those students who are also, you know, like you said, your superhero origin story, you loved podcasts um, and then, and then yeah. jumped into it. And I'll just add that growing up, I was not a big reader and I'm still not a big reader. And I always thought that that meant that there was something wrong with me and that, I could not possibly be an auditory learner or I didn't know that that existed. And looking back, if I had been able to listen to my lessons while like walking around a track, that would have been huge for me. Um, so if podcasts are a way for your students either to listen to learn or to create to learn, that's another outlet as well. 100% couldn't agree more. And I kind of think even for adult learners as well, the work that I do with shifting schools, we're always preaching this notion of can you take what was going to be a meeting, actually put it in podcast form, let folks either go for a walk, a run, do some of their you know chores, I'm in line at the grocery store, for example. I really think we're in this time where that flexibility um, is, is so important uh, and, and giving people the agency to, do I really need to be in a room listening to Sitting. this meeting? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Looking at you in the eyes. I don't need that. <laughs> no. And in many ways, actually, I kind of think something that I appreciate about listening to a podcast is I can pause. I can think a little bit about that. I can wait. What was that? Rewind, go yeah. back. Um, all of those things are great. So thanks so much. Um, again, looking forward to continuing to follow your journey in the world of podcasting. And thank you so much for all of the recommendations. Thank you for this opportunity. It was really fun. Listeners, thank you for your generosity with your time in making space for this conversation. Again, you can learn all about Ariel by heading over to the show notes. In the show notes, I also want to give a shout out to one of my all-time favorite nonprofit organizations, Pride and Less Prejudice. You will be able to learn more about them and their upcoming second annual Band Together auction. This is happening in conjunction with Band Books Week on September 22nd to the 25th. If you are not yet subscribed to the free newsletter from Pride and Less Prejudice, again, over in the show notes, you can click that link and subscribe. If you also head over to shiftingschools.com and you see what is on offer, there is a brand new course. It is self-paced on media literacy. When you purchase that $25 course, 
$10 is donated to Pride and Less Prejudice. Again, to learn more, head over to the show notes. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, have a great day.